Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Screaming for Progress podcast. Um, I'm your host as always, Stuart Lang. With me as normal is Liam Morrow. Liam, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm alright. Um, just had to go to work after 10 days off, so that went fun. Yeah. yeah, well, that's yeah always fun when we have real life sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> um, for those of you who may have missed our first episode, Screaming for Progress is focused entirely on the Progress Wrestling promotion out of the UK. Um, if you didn't listen to that episode, please go back and check it out. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. So if you just, you know, you type in facebook.com, put a little forward slash, type in the words screaming for progress you will find us you can also use the search bar to find us on facebook and if you want to get us on twitter it's progress scream so go check us out follow us make sure you don't miss any of our episodes you'll be able to find our thoughts on the new york city show it was a bit of a trial run for us uh, but we are back into the new the, the, the sort of new content the chaptered content the important stuff um and as much as we did see a title change at the new york event boston nothing happened we did skip that one um so for you completionists out there we may do it one day but uh yeah nothing really to write home about um so yeah liam i don't know if you want to sum up boston in a couple of couple of sentences or um I think honestly, they would they just sort of put on a show because they had the hall. Um, I think they had quite a lot of problems with um, travel and a few injuries, so yeah, it was I think a sort of put together last minute sort of thing. Yeah, I mean Jim says that at the start of chapter fifty four, um, he talks about sort of the the experience they had in America and stuff like that, um, and yeah, it doesn't sound good, but you know it's. It's a shame when, you know, people are looking forward to this content. We waited for, you know, three weeks to finally get the chance to watch these shows. Um, And New York was pretty good, actually. New York was a pretty good show. Um, Again, if you want to hear our thoughts on that, um, jump onto the channel or check on Facebook or Twitter feeds. You'll find a link to that very easily. Um, But, yeah, we're back into it. They are, um, well, we're currently only six days away from Chapter 55 as we record this. Um, so yeah, it's all getting really exciting. The, the the hype's real. The the matches are almost all set. Um, so what better way to preview that than to talk about the show before it? So we have chapter fifty four. Go to your god like a soldier. Um, so yeah, opening match was uh, the newly reinvented um, James Davis after turning on Rob Lynch in the London riots. Um, we have him now under the Strangler persona. He took on a, a rather familiar um, looking jobber and Connor Mills. And I say familiar because he looks awfully like Colin Delaney of uh, WWE CW fame. Uh, for those of you with uh, with good memories. Um, what what were your thoughts on this match, Liam? We'll start with this one. Um, I mean, I was, I was expecting sort of Davis to win um, because, you know, first match, new persona after what happened. Um, You know, Connor Mills, you know, nothing against him, but you sort of look at the two of them and it was pretty mismatched. Um, I think I was half expecting 
a Rob Lynch sort of distraction. Um, I know he said after the last one that was his last one, and that's what caused you know the fallout in the first place. But you know maybe he just sort of appears from the crowd or something. But barring that, yeah, I think it was always going to be a Davis win. That's pretty interesting, actually. I like how you. I'd never considered Lynch coming back. I kind of took it as a pretty genuine retirement or, or stepping down. Um, whereas you've kind of got him coming back in like a WCW sting kind of way. You know, just a Rob Lynch with yeah. a mask on, standing um, on the balcony with a bat kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't. You know, I wouldn't expect him to sort of get in the ring because he said himself like his body was knackered and he's. Yeah. You know, he'd literally given his body for progress. Um, and, you know, I'm sure if he said something along them lines, they'd have him back. Um, but, yeah, it seems pretty clear now he's properly retired. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, this this was what it was. Like, uh, like Liam's already said, uh, Strangler Davis is now it's reinvented, new persona, all that kind of thing. This was essentially an extended squash match. Um, yeah. which is fine, was what it needed to be. Um, he's renamed a couple of his moves, um, like the St. Vincent Cross instead of the St. George's one. Um, I don't really understand that. I, I don't know why he's suddenly now like not English. Um, I'm not sure of the relevance of St. Vincent's Cross. Um, being Scottish, St. George's Cross, I at least know what that is. Um, Anyone wants to tweet me out after Dark Two One Six if you know the relevance of that without me having to use Google. Um, bad research on my part, probably. Um, but yeah, like I say, it was it was fine. Connor Mills doesn't really look like a doesn't look like he's going to be a threat. He doesn't look like he's really going to be a fixture in progress. Um, possibly jobber to the stars kind of thing if he gets booked again. Um, he landed really badly. I don't know if you saw this at the end, Liam. Um, like his ankles buckled when he went for a sort of um, like, like sort of swanton or shooting star off of the top rope. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really notice his ankle. To be fair, um, oh, it was, it was ugly. Yeah, I guess I just wasn't. I wasn't looking properly at him. Yeah, it, it, it was really ugly. It did look a pretty. Uh, a pretty sore, um, pretty sore moment, um, and we got this kind of stranglehold kind of finisher from uh, Strangler Davis, which a weird one because I thought kind of strangleholds were illegal in wrestling, you know. Like I, I kind of cast me back to like when Kurt Angle got uh, beaten by Taz at the the two thousand Royal Rumble, and and the whole time afterwards he was sort of going on about how, you know, it wasn't a legal move; it was a chokehold kind of thing. Well. Strangle a stranglehold. It's a chokehold, you know. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I'll maybe need to see it again. I don't really know, but um, yeah, that's it. It was what it was. It probably went on a little bit longer than it had to. I would have liked to have seen Davis get a really dominant win. Um, don't really need to know what Connor Mills can do at this point. Um, but yeah, f- fair enough start to the show. Yeah, it's yeah, it was well. Like I said it was what it was. So yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah and another um, part of the was what it was kind of thing uh, continuing that theme of the show uh, we had a live wrestling friends um, segment next which is Flash Morgan Webster's uh, podcast um, weekly show wrestling friends due to the fact that he looks a little bit like one of the in-betweeners it's all very funny (laughs) Um, 
And yeah, he had uh, Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins on the show. Now, last time we saw those guys um, in the same ring together, they were uh, uh, they had a falling out as a tag team. Um, there was a little bit of aggro, and just like that, it was it was all sorted. Rather than the usual wrestling trope of things coming to blows in the ring or whatever, they just told Flash that it was fine. They'd spoken, and they were both sorry, and they were all good. Um, yeah, I think they they would have struggled to get over more than Townsend the plant, but <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, well mentioned. Yeah, um, as part of the set, yeah, Flash Morgan Webster brought out a little tree um, called Townsend, who I noticed actually was was from a uh, pretty green, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, um, Liam Gallagher's clothing company. Um, Obviously, Flash the Mod, so on and so forth. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know that. You're not stupid. I don't need to spell these things out. Um, but it wasn't all to be uh, so simple as when they were talking about whose title it was that they were going to get back. So Mark was saying, I'm going to get my title back. Jimmy goes, no, it's my title, and so on and so forth. Um, which brought out Travis Banks. Um, I don't, I don't know, Liam. If you want to take it from here, if you want to say about what happened afterwards, because um, it all got a little bit strange after that. Yeah. Um, so basically, if I mean, if you haven't been keeping up, there's this thing where all the chapters up until the next one, Alexandra Palace, um, Pete Dunne and Travis Banks were like picking each other's opponents. Um, you know, Pete Dunne comes out and says. It's going to be um, Travis Banks versus Haskins versus Havoc. Yeah. Banks says, oh, it's going to be Dunn versus Havoc versus Haskins. <clears throat> and then for some reason, Jim Smallman says, oh, actually, it's going to be Havoc and Haskins versus Dunn and Banks. Yeah. How how they got to that, I don't know. I yeah. probably would have preferred to see a four-way match. Um but yeah, well, it's yeah, sort of you, you say enemies that enemies thrown together, sort of thing. Yeah, you say that with the four way. I mean, we we'll sort of get to that with the tag stipulation later on when we talk about that match. But a four way wouldn't have been a, necessarily been a bad thing. It's one of my criticisms of the main event. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so yeah, I mean, this went on a little bit too long for my liking. Um, a few funny moments in it, I suppose. Um, People shouting at Mark Haskins, fix your side boob. Um, it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, obviously, the nonsense with Townsend. Um, it was pretty convoluted. I mean, we did get the enemies sort of joining up stipulation for later on, which was fine. Um, I, I don't need to see these this sort of segment again, frankly. Um, no, I think it was they were trying to do it like as a sort of highlight reel or Miss TV sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, um, which the reason we watch progress is because it's different to what we're fed every week by WWE. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> On a chaptered progress show, um, you know, I want it to be special. I want it to be wrestling. I want it to be exciting. This felt like a segment in like the Raw before a pay per view, like. Yeah. And that's essentially what it was. You know, it was just part of the continued build between Travis Banks and Pete Dunne um, at, at Alexandra Palace. 
Uh, you also have to assume, um, without spoiling anything in the main event, you have to assume that it's building towards another match as well for Alexandra Palace. But uh, like I say, we'll talk about that when we hit the main event. Um, so yeah, back to wrestling. So <laughs> back to a match. We've got Tyler Bate versus Kid Lycos. Now, more confusing booking here from Progress. Um, so Tyler Bate and Trent Seven are defending the titles against CCK at Alexandra Palace at Chapter 55. Both matches, or the winner of both matches uh, between Tyler Bate and Kid Lycos, and then later on, uh, Trent Seven and Chris Brooks were able to name a stipulation uh, for the, the match. Now, if the second match stipulation just overruled the first, what was the point? Like, what was the point yeah. in both matches? Like, surely, um, surely they could have worked this out a better way because, yeah, it, it didn't really... It didn't sit right with me. Like I sort of thought as they were explaining it, I went, "Well, hang on. Whoever wins the second match is is going to get their stipulation chosen. So you wouldn't be caring about winning the the, the first one, really. You know, it's the no, match they, for the I sake mean, they'd of it. Have to, they'd have to go hand in hand. Like I don't know. One chooses oh a table match. The other chooses a ladder match. So it turns into like a table two thirds yeah. of the TLC match. Yeah, yeah. But if one says say, falls count anywhere, the other says ladder, it, that doesn't make any sense. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it, it didn't make sense. It just, yeah, it, it was It was really bothering. It was really jarring. Um, one of my issues with this episode. Um, the match itself, though, um, actually pretty good. Really good match. Tyler Bate, Kid Like Oz, both... Um, both sort of smaller guys, the crowd were shouting uh, small lads wrestling at them, which Trent, uh, sorry, Tyler took a little bit of uh, exception to, um, given the fact that, you know, his thighs are probably the same size as my waist. Um, but yeah, Liam, oh, yeah, I know you really enjoyed this. Um, I know you really enjoyed this match, so I'll let you talk about this one a bit. Yeah, well, it's, um, I mean, as you'd expect, there's, from Tyler Bate, there was a lot of, um, sort of deadlifting and, you know, his usual pandering to the crowd. Um, Kid Lycos, I've, n- I've not really seen him as a singles competitor before. Um, but, yeah, he was pretty good. Lots of um, sort of tilt-a-well DDTs and what have you. Um, but, I mean, Tyler Bate, his power just sort of, you, you can't do anything about um, it was actually there was a a part in Boston. It was probably the best bit of that whole episode um, where he actually did a deadlift German on Walter. Yeah, who is pretty much double his size. And I was watching that, thinking like, how how did he manage it? You know, that's just pure sort of strength. Um. And yeah, there's just however fast Kid Lycos is, you can't overpower Tyler Bate like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean Kid Lycos, um he's it's actually kind of funny if you see Kid Lycos in sort of other promotions or if you see him without his mask, um he's he's really, really baby faced. Um I can totally see why he's decided to, to put on this this whatever the hell he is. Um yeah, it's supposed to be a wolf, isn't it? Is that a wolf? I, I don't know. Is it yeah. like a wolf gorilla monkey thing? Um, 
what <laughs> anyone what is Kid Lycos phone in? Uh, <laughs> but um yeah, it, it was it was really good fun match. Um CCK works so well because of the sort of um the ability of Lycos and Brooks to, to do their quote unquote sick fucking tag moves. Um and without the other it's kind of weird seeing them, but they still they're able to um to pull off a lot of the the sort of really impressive stuff. Uh, Kid Lycos hit like a springboard Spanish fly on on Tyler kind of late on, uh, which is really impressive, really cool looking move. Um, sort of like the Sabu flip off the top rope, sort of grabbing him into like a sort of um flip off the I'm trying to think of the right yeah, word there. yeah. Bottom, isn't it? yeah yeah exactly so um yeah really cool move um and yeah really good fun match um we obviously had the standard British strong style fuckery at the end um with uh, Trent Seven comes out to the ringside um yeah I'll again let you explain what happened at the end here <laughs> yeah we'll just <clears throat> basically Trent Seven comes out, there's shenanigans, um, Tyler Bate manages to hit the um, Tyler Driver 95. Um, 97. 95. 97. <laughs> 97, that's yeah. it. Um, yeah, because that guy's 20. Yeah, and he's 20. I oh, know, it's, yeah. it's disgusting, really. Yeah. <laughs> How talented he is at that age. But, um, yeah, um, and then... Trent Seven gets in the ring and going back to our earlier point where the sort of two matches would cancel each other out with the stipulations, yeah. Trent Seven decides on a bog standard wrestling match. Yes. Um, we thought at first he was going to say, oh, false count anywhere well, as long as it's in the ring. Yeah, well, he actually at first said that it was going to be a Punjabi prison match. Which I did enjoy. That did make yeah, me, which I, make me I don't think they could ever do. No, no, not, I mean not in the sort of arena's progress go to. No, I don't think uh, I don't think anyone would see anything that was happening. Um, but yeah, he played up to the crowd. He got the crowd booing him. Said that it was going to be a total normal match. False count anywhere within the ring. Um, it's fair enough. Like I, I get what they're doing with that. They want to make it as difficult for CCK to pull out their tricks as they can. They want to be in control of the stipulation as well as the match. So that worked. I was I was fine with that. Um totally fine. Like I say, really good match. Um not a big Trent Seven fan, so when I saw him at the end I was kinda like, ugh, right, okay. Um was surprised to not see Chris Brooks run out as well. Um No, I I was thinking that. But also like that's not the important stipulation the first match, so maybe they knew that, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking too much into this, maybe I'm now giving them too much credit <laughs> for for being so smart that, well, I'll just let Trent run out and let them have this one. I'll let Lycos take the pin on this one because we're going to win the next one and then it'll all be fine. Um, so rather than get that match straight away, we went on to the number one contendership match for the Progress Women's title between uh, Ginny and Dahlia Black, who we're seeing in singles action properly now because, um, uh, well, I can't remember his name, TK Cooper is uh, is injured. 
um, at the moment. So it's a real injury. We t- spoke about it at the New York um, on the New York show. Um, it's dislocated his ankle, something that they kind of sold on Dahlia. But as well, they continued that um, through the evening too tonight that she had the sort of injury to her leg. Um, I thought this was a fantastic match. Um, really good, real good back and forward. Dahlia's sailing is amazing. Like, um, you saw her later again in the evening, selling like a champ, um, which I'll not spoil just yet, but yeah, that, I thought she was getting killed. Um, you, you're kind of newly, you are, sorry, you've got a new perspective on Ginny after this match, don't you? Like, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well, I mean, when I saw her, um, in the New York show, I was, I, I respect anyone who gets in the ring but with Ginny I I wasn't sold that she was sort of a complete performer like as it were um, but no watching her in singles like this against um, Dahlia Black who like you say can really sell mm. um, yeah she actually quite impressed me in this one she's won me over a bit yeah um, I know she's supposed to be a heel um, and there's this whole thing where Ginny and Dahlia were sort of good friends, but now Dahlia's more like a face. They can't have a face in a hill being friends. So, yeah. Um, hence where Dahlia Black runs to the ring and they just start laying into each other straight away. Um, but yeah, she, she did a couple of sort of pretty decent moves and, you know, it's, it might be down to Dahlia selling it properly, but yeah. yes, the, she's won me over. Yeah, good. I said on the New York show I was a massive fan of Ginny. Um, I think she's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I love this match. Uh, Dahlia wins with a roll-up here. Um, sort of kind of lucky win. Keeps Ginny looking good. And we are set up for Tony Storm taking on Dahlia Black at Chapter 55. So bit of a face-versus-face dynamic coming up with that one. Um, but I've got to be honest, I don't fancy Dahlia's chances at Alexandra Palace. Um, I will I will elaborate on that a little bit more later, um, but not not hugely um, confident for her going into that one. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. I loved this match. Uh, really good work from both girls. And uh, yeah, I really hope that Ginny still gets something on this uh, sort of big show that they're putting on on Sunday. Really hope that something's announced for her. Um, Maybe Session Moth gets her win back against her. Um, we will see. Uh, so moving on, just before the interval of the show, um, we had the second match in the British Strong Style CCK Stipulation Wars. Um, so Trent Seven taking on Chris Brooks. Um, Trent had a bit of a rant beforehand. The crowd really kind of got uh, got fed up with him talking, which is fair enough. It's his stick now talking about being in the new WWE game, which I don't think he's been confirmed yet, but hey-ho. Um, <laughs> stickers, all that kind of thing. And Chris Brooks went for a quick pin attempt, went for a sort of quick knockout, playing back to the, the super strong style 16 um, first round with uh, the Trent Seven getting knocked out in six seconds. So, um, yeah, this one, not as good as the, the earlier match between Tyler and Lycos. Um, what what were your thoughts? Um, I think it was... I mean, they're two 
they're two people who really you associate more with being in a tag team. Um, Trent Seven, he's you know he's good in sort of British strong style or Mustache Mountain, however you want to call them. Um, but on his own, yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on him. Um, although he he sort of had a good run. Um, Sort of, I think it was on the last NXT. Possibly there was a four-way match for the UK title. Um, him, Bate, Dunn, and uh, Wolfgang. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he he sort of had quite a decent show in there. They all did, but um, yeah. If I mean, I think against against Tyler Bate, Brooks would have lost, but. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I think it's a bit of a weird one. I think Brooks had to win. Yeah. The yeah. way the way they'd sort of booked the CCK versus British Strong Style match, you know, he had to win. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting what you're saying about not being sold on Trent Seven. Like, I'm, excuse me, I'm not really either. Like, I, this goes back to when he was in ICW. He was making the run at the top belt against Wolfgang. Um, and he was he was a face in that, in that, and I hadn't really got too much into progress at this point in time, so I wasn't particularly aware of his character there yet. But I just I'm not I'm not really that interested in him. I think he's probably the one member of British Strong Style that I, I see the least in. Um, I don't know if maybe he knows that as well. Like he's older than the other two. He's not in as good shape. Um, he doesn't have the same kind of draw to him as the other two do. Um, he's probably a better talker. He's one one sort of um, plus for him. He's probably a better talker than Bait and Dunn. Um, like we we heard Pete Dunn talking a bit later on. He's not a confident talker, I don't think. Um, no, I think um, if I mean if Progress had a a secondary belt. Um, like, uh, like I hate to keep comparing it to WWE, but um, sort of like a US title. I think maybe he'd be in that sort of range. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like you say, it's a better talker, so that's probably why he's still there. If you compare it to WWE, I I wouldn't see him in the US title picture in WWE if he was on the main roster. Um, we'll we'll see. I mean, it, it's still early days, obviously. Um, they got a main event on NXT. Um, the I also believe that they sh- the WWE were showing the uh, four way for the UK title on the network as well from the ICW Shug's House Party as well, um, which is such an odd name for a pay per view unless you're from Scotland. Like <laughs> no one's going to know what a house party is unless you're from Scotland um, or who Shug is for that matter. Who Shug? Don't know. Um, so yeah, we got a bit more um, interference towards the end. We had Kid Lycos and Tyler Bay out of the ringside area, and as we probably have predicted, uh, this was able to get Chris Brooks the win. CCK announced that it was going to be a ladder match at Alexandra Palace, so it completely overrules the stipulation. Um, I mean, it, I suppose if they'd combined the stipulations, that would have been weird, but at least could have worked. Like, 
it is a ladder match, but like you could pin them. No, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, I don't think it could have worked. No, no, it couldn't have worked. Um, so yeah, if if Jim Smallman, for whatever reason, hears this, please explain why there was any need in having two two matches. One of these matches could have done. Um, to be honest with you, I would have quite uh, been quite happy with a, a longer. Lycos versus Bait match with interference at the end with Lycos winning to set up this ladder match. Um, yeah, may, maybe if like each team put forward one member. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That would have been fine, and yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't to be. Um, I will admit at this point in the show, like I think the quality of the show kind of went down a little bit around here. Um, I. Th- I don't think that any of the matches from here on out were as good as anything we saw in the first half, with the exception of probably the tag match we're about to talk about. Um, but that's that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, the tag match we're about to talk about is the grizzled young veterans, this new team of Zach Gibson and James Drake, uh, taking on FSU, Friends Stand United, who is uh, Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis. Um Apart from the fact I'm a huge Mark Andrews mark, I'm not a big fan of Eddie Dennis, so not too interested there. Um, Zach Gibson, I'm enjoying him recently. I've really been enjoying him. We didn't get his usual mic stick, um, which is it's, it's fine, I suppose. Um, James Drake just gets shouted, uh, he gets, just gets arse face shouted at him because he has his own face on his arse. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, other than that, um, I don't know. What what did you think of this match? Um, I've, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the Gibson-Drake pairing seems to be pretty good. Um, I'm not, like you, I'm not completely an Eddie Dennis fan yet. Um, I think he is getting better um, since he went, you know, since he went full-time, which is, they seem to mention it every time he's there. But, um he yeah, um, you know Mark Andrews, his usual sort of incredible self. But um, yeah, I think Jane, I think Jake Drake and Gibson, um, if they stay together as a tag team, um, yeah, I think they'll be around for a while. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely see them in the title picture, um, especially after what. Well, what I what I'm going to predict happens at, at chapter fifty five. I will get to that when we when we talk about the sort of uh, just after the end of the show and stuff like that. We'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, it was a good match. Obviously, they they did the they did get the win. Um, I thought it was great the way that they kept on stopping Mark Andrews from getting the tag. Um, at one point, there was like a sort of shoulder tackle, like a sort of Goldberg style side spear. Um, by James Drake, which was pretty good. Zach Gibson actually caught Mark Andrews' leg as he jumped for a tag at one point. Um, yeah, which I thought was I, saw that. I, I thought he'd have dislocated knee after that. It was quite whether it was Mark Andrews selling it or not, but it, it looked quite a hard pull. Yeah, like it really did. Like it looked pretty sore. Um, but yeah, I I was I was well impressed with the grizzled young veterans here. Um, 
Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis, it, it was what I'd keep them apart from for my money. Um, like say Eddie Dennis, not not completely sold on him, but Mark Andrews does need a little bit of a direction as well. So we'll see where it goes with these two teams. If um, the thing with Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis as FSU is that they can go for months and months without them even referencing that they're in a tag team together. So not not really that bothered. Um, <laughs> about it so um yeah that was that um again a match that happened just gives the the sort of new team a win um keep the momentum rolling so next up we had a match building up to his atlas title shot at chapter 55 we had timothy thatcher taking on uh, the veteran british grappler doug williams um i didn't enjoy this at all not gonna lie no Oh, Doug, Doug Williams, he, he's not, I mean, you look at him, he's still in, like, good shape, yeah. but he, you can see, like, he's sort of a bit past it now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this, this, this was a typical sort of big man match, I mean, I hope the Atlas matches aren't all falling into this sort of uh, formula, if Matt Riddle's not involved in them, Um Timothy Thatcher got the win because obviously he did. He's got a, a championship shot at the next show, um, taking on Matt Riddle and Volter um, in a triple threat for the Atlas Championship. Um, yeah, I just I I don't really have anything to say about this one at all. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure that Doug Williams would cave in my skull for real. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah, just I'm really kind of unsold about it. Um, I would have liked to have at least maybe built to something regarding like the fact that we're going to get two two members of Ring Camp against Matt Riddle or against each other and Matt Riddle. Um, maybe that could have been mentioned or talked about a little bit. The fact that we're going into uh, 55 with that having been announced as the match without us actually getting any build to quite an interesting angle. You know, it's it's not very often yeah, you see sort of two stable mates in a triple threat match against each yeah, other. Yeah, that's... Actually, I've got a little bit of a prediction about that. Right, well, we'll save um, that for the 55 is, thoughts. Will we? We've, sorry? Will we save that for the chapter 55 thoughts at the end? Or do you want to get it off oh, your yeah, chest okay. now? Yeah, but I've got quite a bit of a prediction about that. Well, like, tell you what, let's hear it now. We'll have a little, we'll have a preview <laughs> prediction. So, what, what, what's your prediction on this one? I'm, I'm intrigued now. You piqued my interest. <laughs> well, um, as sort of we've mentioned before, it's weird Timothy Thatcher being in ring camp when he's neither German nor Austrian. Yeah. Um, you know, the other member, um, Axel Dieter. Yeah. Um, don't really see him in progress anymore no I think um, there was a whole thing with his contract or him getting yeah. work was brought anyway so I can see ring camp possibly coming to an end as a stable okay um, sort of you know Walter and Timothy Thatcher getting at each other's throats a bit um, you know both going their own way Timothy Thatcher sort of well I <laughs> Why he's in it, I don't know, because he's yeah. English. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure of that one myself. I mean, I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty good prediction. I think it's, it's 
I don't want to sound like a dick or anything, but I think it's kind of a safe prediction. I think they do have to go against each other. I think there's going to be a point where they turn around and see each other across the ring and go, right, well, we're going to need to go through each other now, aren't we? Um, yeah, that's the only, the only reason I can see that both of them are in the same match for a title yeah. is that they're possibly going to sort of just dissolve the stable. Yeah. Um, certainly in progress. I know they book his, his ring camp outside of, but yeah, I think that's that's yeah pretty interesting. Hopefully, um, hopefully we see some, hopefully see good Atlas Triple Threat at fifty five. That's all I really want to see. Um, hopefully with Timothy Thatcher not involved a great deal. Um, it's certainly not winning it. Um, yeah, oh Walter, Walter and Riddle. Every time they get in the ring together, it's always a, you know a pretty good match, if not the match of the night usually. Timothy Thatcher's going to win the belt, isn't he? That's a horrible premonition I've had. <laughs> I think he's going to win the belt. Anyway, less said about that. And back on to your beautiful point about warring teammates, because that takes us perfectly on to Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins taking on Tyler B. Eh, Tyler B. Travis Banks. <laughs> and Pete Dunn uh, Travis Banks who is uh, still undergoing paternity tests to see if he is indeed Sasha Banks' father um, were together um, very early on Pete Dunn decided he was going to leave and turn his hand to some commentary um, kicking Callum Leslie square in the family jewels and spent <laughs> most of the match on commentary um, which was neither here nor there because you couldn't make out a word he was saying when he was talking anyway um, which is what I was saying earlier, but Pete's not a confident talker, I don't think, um, which is a shame because he's pretty good at it. Like he says what he needs to. He, he doesn't need to talk a lot, but when he does, you just need to believe him. Um, yeah. And the fact that he he was almost whispering through a lot of it was a, a big shame. Um, but yeah, we got um, a sort of two-on-one thing with Travis Banks taking on both Havoc and Haskins, who throughout the match kept on going completely three stooges um, and and hitting each other with things and chucking chairs at each other by accident and kicking each other in the face and clotheslining each other. And, and Travis was able to sort of survive, despite the fact that he said earlier on that he respected and loved them both uh, during the, the Wrestling Friends segment. Um he was quite happy to, to go on to full out war and, and smash the hell out of both of them. Um, I know that you had issue with this match, Liam, so I'll let you explain to everyone what that was. Yeah, I just... I mean, I was, I was kind of expecting Dunn to sort of come in at the last minute and screw Banks over, but I thought it would be for the Banks' loss. Like, he just sort of... Yeah, Banks hit the Kiwi Crusher on Haskins. Yeah. I think it was. And then Dunn just came in, chucked him out, bitter end, pin. Yeah. Like, I, I thought he would have just let Banks take the damage, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that was the point in the meantime. You know, I think there, there was a sort of big thing where he was like, well, if he, if he is in there with him, then he's going to take it all. We, we did see after the match when it all kind of went to shit that you know there was further plan to give Travis even more of a kick in um, (laughs) which again we'll talk about just after the match itself I mean it was fine for what it was except Jimmy and Mark both looked stupid as fuck here I think 
Um, I think it in inevitably we're getting a match between them announced. Um, we're we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, for sort of full disclosure, it's not been announced yet. Um, there's going to be matches announced tonight and Wednesday night on Twitter. If this isn't one of them, I'll eat one of my many hats. Um, <laughs> it's it's it just yeah, makes it got so a bit much sense. Pantomime for my liking. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, like you say, you've explained the ending afterwards. We had everyone in the locker room apparently came out. We had um, appearances from CCK, British Strong Style, Dahlia Black. Um, I did mention earlier Dahlia's selling. Um, she got kicked in the knee and sort of battered to the ground by Pete Dunne on the ramp. And you could still hear her screaming. Like, after the camera was long gone from her, like she was, it sounded like she was in genuine floods of tears. Um, it was it was great by her. Like I mean, it, was, it wasn't great to see, you know. <laughs> Don't. Well, it, it's in keeping with Dunn's character. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and he came out and and used the sledgehammer. <clears throat> I know that you weren't keen on the ending here. Um, what were your thoughts on the sort of final few minutes of the show? Um. I think it was it was always going to be chaotic like that. Um, you know, done sort of laying Dahlia Blackout was... It was a surprise for me Yeah. until I sort of thought about it and thought, well, that is something he would do, um, you know, just to get him Banks' head. Um, whether that was supposed to be different with um, TK Cooper... Yeah. Um, I... I don't know. Maybe they had to change it last minute. And Dardy, I said, "Well, you know, I'll sort of, I'll sort of take the hit." Um, and yeah, Don just laying everyone out with a sledgehammer. Sort of, it was that, that was all right, but yeah, I think it it got a bit unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, it was what it was. Obviously, had to get. Um... Had to put Travis Banks down. Had to stand tall. Um, this kind of moves us well onto the predictions for fifty five. Just before we do that, though, um, what was your match of the night? What was your your um, match of the night for chapter fifty four? Uh, it was actually um, Tyler Bate and Kid Lycos. Cool. Um, thought it was good. Good back and forth between them. Um, it was it was fine up until sort of Trent Seven started talking, but. To be expected. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say mine was the women's match. Um, I said I don't think I've ever called a women's match my match of the night um, in any promotion. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Loved everything they did. Um, ending a little bit cheap, but other than that, great. I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, that was a yeah. that was a close second for me. I have to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's and that that says a lot. I think um, it says an awful lot, especially as um, you know, Dahlia Black's just back into the company, um, and Ginny. Well, not a massive Ginny fan. I don't know if it's maybe to do with when we both started watching. Um, I think I think you need to see some of her stuff with Pollyanna from from a couple of years ago. Some of that's really really good and really brutal as well. Um, anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about old progress yet. We hopefully will add more shows in the future. Um, you know, if we really fancy watching some, we're a bit bored. One day we'll maybe give you a, a bonus show. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk chapter fifty five uh, predictions. So, 
you've already given us one for the Atlas title match. We'll stick to matches that have already been announced and such. But um, I have to say, my big prediction here, I think we are going to see the end of British Strong Style at Chapter 55. Ooh, wow. um, I think that none of them, I think they're, none of them are going to leave with belts. Um, with the exception of Pete's uh, UK Championship. Um, I think the story's been told for long enough now that Travis is going to win the big one. Um, since he won uh, Super Strong Style, I think they've been building up to this. Um, I think it makes sense. Like Obvious booking doesn't need to be bad booking. Um, and I think that that's going to be what it is. Um, I also think that CCK are going to take the tag team championships from uh, Trent and Tyler. Um, I'm not saying we're not going to see British Strong Style again, but it's definitely it's going to be the end of their chokehold on progress. Um, I think they're going to, we're going to see two massive title changes at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, CCK and... British Strong Style, they've had sort of a back and forth for a while. Um, and, yeah, I think a ladder match just, it, it plays into their style so much. It's, unless something incredibly drastic happens, they're, yeah, they're going to get the belts. Um, uh, yeah, Dunn and Banks, I mean, Banks, he's lost more in the last sort of few months than I remember before that yeah. so um, I mean I know that's more to do with um, British Strong Style's involvement and stuff but uh, I don't know maybe, possibly he brings out CCK to like watch his back in the match maybe yeah um, that's a possible angle but yeah like you said he's it's gone on too long for him not to win well, I mean, it, also we have the possibility of uh, TK being at least cleared to to be there. Like, maybe not to compete a full match, but if he's feeling good enough to to be there in some capacity, um, then that at least plays into the South Pacific power trip thing. Um, I just think the way that Pete's even been treating the Progress title over the last couple of months, you know, he's been chucking it around, he's been dragging it along the floor... At the end of 54, he actually threatened to hit it with a sledgehammer. Um, I, I just think that with the biggest show that Progress have ever done in the UK, um, or ever done at all, I can't, I'm not sure if it's going to be bigger capacity than the New York show, I forget these things, um, I, I just can't see why they're not going to have the belt held up, because the belt's not been held up to the crowd at the end of a Progress event since Pete's won it. No, um, which has been a hell of a long time ago. Which now. has been a long time now, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I can't see it going any other way. I think we're going to get two big title changes. Um, I think Dahlia's going to fall short against Tony Storm. Um, I kind of hinted at that already. Um, I think it's in their best interest to keep the belt with Tony Storm as much as they can. Um, at the moment, especially as you know, she's really her stock's really risen as a result of the um, the May Young Classic on the WWE Network as well. That I just think that it doesn't make sense for them to change that belt. But the other two, 
Um, I think definitely are. So, um, yeah, I, I also, the Atlas one, I, I, I don't know what's going to go on with that. But, uh, yeah, certainly my predictions for 55. Uh, what have you got? You got anything else that you, you um, want to say about the upcoming Alexandra Palace show? Um, yeah, uh, in regards to the women's title match, I can see it the other way. I can see Dahlia Black winning. Okay. Um, purely because it plays into this sort of, you know, comeback story. Like, they left and, you know, for something to do with their visas, apparently. Yeah. Um, which Travis Banks was all right, so I don't know how that worked. But I think Travis Banks um, already citizen. Or he already oh, has, is he? Yeah, I think so. Or has the five-year um, working visa. Yeah, um, yeah. I think sort of Black and Cooper coming back. Um, yeah, I think Black will take it. It will be close. It will be close. Very, very close. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, Black will get the title there. So you're going with three big title changes? Or are you disagreeing on? Um, I feel like we need to work out some sort of bet here. We'll do this off air because I've I've been involved <laughs> in live betting. Um, on podcasts and it's not gone well it's not gone well it was quite drunken but um, yeah we'll ignore that um, yeah it's the, <laughs> the Atlas title I, I can see Riddle keeping it yeah. um, uh, the fallout of Ringkampf um, the tag titles that can that can go either way for me yeah um, I mean definitely the type of match plays the CCK but you know, you can never discount British strong style. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I think the two, the two, I won't say definites, but the high probabilities are yeah. Dahlia Black and Travis Banks. Well, there we go. Some differing opinions uh, coming to. The Big Show, Chapter 55. Um, if you have anything that you want to say to us, um, obviously hit us on Twitter at uh, Progress Scream. Uh, like say, likes on Facebook. Um, we need the likes on Facebook. Not many people have yet. Um, two shows down. need to get those likes up. So, Screaming for Progress on Facebook. Progress Scream. I am out after dark 216 on Twitter. And... I have Liam the Grim Fish on Twitter as well. So Liam, anything you want to say before we go? Um, no, I just I hope Alexandra Palace is as good a show as I'm sort of making it out to be. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I definitely think it's going to be an impressive show. Um, I just really, really hope that it doesn't take them a week to upload it. Um, so we will see. Uh, we'll see you next time, whenever that may be. Like I say, make sure that you are subscribed to us in some or all of the social media outlets that we have um, so that you can uh, hear our thoughts on that. Um, other than that, don't be a dick. <laughs>